if you enjoyed that special musical number. That was great. I couldn't understand why Mike went ahead and ran himself down to the place where he made sure that we were aware that he's going to make a lot of mistakes. He didn't make any, did he? Not at all. That's perfect. Wonderful. Great. Well, this morning, God is going to bless us as we turn to his word. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we invite your Holy Spirit to be present here to guide and direct our thoughts, our decisions, and our mind in such a way that we will be blessed because of your presence here. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Did you notice the title of my sermon? Deadliest Battle Ground. You have... <clears throat> read about many places where they have had the battleground, different wars in different places, and what a battle it has been. But most of us don't realize that the greatest battle that's ever been fought is the battle in our minds. In fact, I think you and I realize what really goes on in the human mind. You see, the human mind is the battleground for the most deadly conflict ever fought on this battle. And the human mind will either find that this is the deadliest conflict or is a victorious conflict because we will have salvation and Christ seeks to control our minds so that we might reach the highest fulfillment and the capacity that he himself built in this marvelous human mind that's what Christ wants for us on the other hand, Satan seeks to retain control of that mind, which is enmity against God, according to Romans 8, 7. Because of Adam and Eve sinning and giving their will, as it were, to Satan, Lucifer, we all have a mind that now is enmity against God, according to Romans 8, 7. So the human mind has been compared at times to a computer. What you put in, it has a way of sorting things out, and then we have an answer. Well, you can't compare the human mind to a computer. But somehow, some people have. 
You see, in Steps to Christ, page 6, here's what it says. Christ is the source of every right impulse. Christ is the source of every right impulse. So if Christ is the source of every right impulse, who is in charge of every false impulse? In opposition, Satan is ever seeking to impress and control the mind. Did you know that? That's the battle. And you and I are caught in the middle because Christ is doing everything possible to make sure our mind has right impulses and Satan tries his hardest to give us the false ones. In fact, the complete statement in Testimonies, Volume 4, page 542, says Satan is ever seeking to impress and control the mind. And none of us, none of us are safe except as we have a constant connection with God. If we don't have the connection, we have a problem, a big problem. So there are but two powers that control the human mind, the power of God and the power of Satan. Either or, not both. Satan takes control of every mind that is not decidedly under control of the Spirit of God. And the Sabbath school quarterly that we have now it's amazing how wonderful it is to all of us realize how the Holy Spirit works. So, here's how God works. Are you ready? Yes. And God wants us to work the same way. In Isaiah 1.18 it says, God says, come, come. And let us reason together. Just that simple. Come. Let us reason together. Let us talk. Let's reason the thing out. Let's find out the pros and cons. Get all the information. And even God says, get all the information about me that you can. Get all the information about Satan that you can. Let us reason together and have a conclusion. So that's the basis of how God operates. In fact, we're told that God's, the way he works with the human family, God first requires the heart, the affections. And when those things begin to happen, then the mind and the heart are used interchangeably in the Bible. So whether it's the heart or the mind, in Proverbs 23, 26, it says, My son, give me thine heart 
and let thine eyes observe my ways. Did you get the message in Proverbs 23, 26 as read in our scripture? My son, my child, give me thine heart. When you give God your heart, your mind, interchangeably, and let thine eyes observe my ways. God says, come, let us reason together. Give me your heart and let thine eyes observe my ways. And what do we do most of the time? We don't give God our heart and we observe everything that Satan does rather than what God does. That's what the Bible says here. Just that simple. It's an interesting plan that we have here. My son, give me thine heart and let thine eyes observe my ways. My ways. Did you have a question? Sure. Of the Holy Spirit. That's a good question. It's a good question. Well, I tell you, I'll tell you, God is all powerful. But there's something that he has given us the power of choice. And uh, as we go through, and I'll give you some other quotations here that's very interesting. And I think somebody brought it up in Sabbath school where, 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 where God works from within. And we humans sort of like to change some habits and do this, do that, and then hopingly it'll make us different acceptable to God by works yeah. as if we are saved by works. No, 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 no. Exactly. Exactly. So we have to be very careful that we do what God wants us to do and says, come, let us reason together. And if we listen to God, God will listen to us and we'll solve the situation. In fact, Proverbs 4, 23 says this. God says, man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. So if God is trying to restore us back to his image, maybe one of the signs to us is, if we're doing what God is doing, God bless you. Man looketh on the outward appearance. What do we do? We look on the outward appearance. We see this, we see this, we see this, we see this, we see this. So we have all those things happening to us. And uh, as a result, we think that we're doing what's right. But the Lord looketh on the heart. Because sometimes what's in the heart is what really counts. And sometimes... You can misjudge 
what a person does and think that it's right, but we don't know the heart. God only. But we think we do by looking on the outward. So it's rather interesting that, that there's no mere external change is sufficient to bring us into harmony with God. It doesn't matter what habits you break, how many times you make the bed, as it were, and uh, do certain things that you think is going to be okay, and uh, we're going to be changed. Our first work is with the heart. You know, we can readily see that God's method of accomplishing his goal for man is to begin with the heart or the mind. Even this must be our willing permission. God doesn't do it without your permission. And sometimes we think that we're giving God permission, but we will give him permission providing he does it our way. I'm, not, I'm serious on this thing. And we're not any different as ministers. Sometimes we think we have it all made. No, we don't. We should be the humblest of the humble. We all should. And did you know Revelation 3.20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. In other words, God does not force you. He will try to connect with you. If you open your heart's door, he will come in. If you don't, he won't. He won't. God will accept only willing service. Even the Ten Commandments in Sabbath school. Boy, we had quite a time, didn't we? Did you know the God's commandments are so easy and so simple. If you open up your heart to God, the Ten Commandments show you exactly, exactly where your problem is. That's where it is. Where our sins are. And once we realize that we are sinful, we'll come to God and reason with Him. It's just that simple. Simple, simple, simple. True obedience is the outworking of a principle within. Our principle? No, God's principle. And that's the difference. It springs from the love of righteousness. The love of the law of God. Righteousness. That's the way God works. Come, let us reason together. Now let's take a good look on how Satan works. Are you ready? Are you sure? You're going to have your eyes closed? Ears closed? Because you don't want to? Okay, bring it on. Here it is. Patriarchs and Prophets, page 4, page 41. Satan's method of working 
began in heaven, where he was successful in his effort to spread the rebellion that began in his own mind. As I'm reading this, I'm going to make sure that I'm thinking of what this message has for me. Reading further, it was his policy to perplex with subtle arguments concerning the purposes of God. In heaven, everything perfect. Angels created in his own image. Lucifer, the most beautiful angel. And here it says in Patriarchs and Prophets, page 41, it was his policy, Satan's policy, to perplex, make things more complicated, with subtle arguments concerning the purposes of God. Wow! He knew more than God. He wanted to make sure that he did what God wanted him to do. Did he? Let's read on. Everything that was simple he, Satan, shrouded it in mystery. Oh, 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 oh. And by artful perversion cast doubt upon the plainest statements of God. Wow. And I'm saying to myself, Dan Scores, you better make sure that you're fully in God's side. Otherwise, something is going to really go wrong. His plan worked so well, Satan's plan worked so well, that he has carried it out here on earth for nearly 6,000 years. And he's doing a very successful job. In fact, may I read another statement, Selected Messages, book 2, page 352, on how Satan works. We know how God works. And here is another quote. The enemy is a master worker. And if God's people are not constantly led by the Spirit of God, they will be snared and taken. That's a positive statement head on. There's no way that I could withstand Satan without fully led by God's Holy Spirit. Further, for thousands of years, Satan has been experimenting upon the properties of the human mind. He's been experimenting ever since he's put out of heaven with one-third of the angels, studying. And you know why? Because he knows he's lost. Okay? But he wants to get as many as possible Drag down with him to be lost as well. That's right. He's a poor loser. But he wants the rest of us to be lost with him because he has no opportunity otherwise. 
So let's read further. By his subtle workings in these last days. Whoa! It's pinpointing something here in the last days. He is linking the human mind with his own. You mean to tell me that Lucifer, after experimenting with the human mind for 6,000 years, is now able to, by subtle working, workings in these last days, he is linking the human mind with his own, imbuing it with his thoughts, and he is doing this work in so deceptive a manner that those who accept his guidance know not that they are being led by him at his will. So I have to ask God and give him permission to work with my sinful heart. But I don't have to ask Satan. He's going to do it, apparently. Absolutely. He's got us. One choice only. Go ahead. I've been rereading Steps of Christ and uh, each chapter just says um, you have a choice. You each get every day choose God. And another part of the chapter says uh, let's first be our one prayer always thinking of always making the most holy line in his name and build it to build right and you will see results you can't do it anymore by saying Lord I ask for all this but I'll do my own thing you make the choice and you make the decision that's the question but let's continue because there's a very interesting conclusion as we keep going on this whole thing. It's rather interesting, and this is something that let's reason together a little bit because it's, it's very powerful. And he, Satan, is doing his work in so deceptive a manner that those who accept his guidance, the guidance of Satan, know not that they are being led by him at his will. They don't know it. Yeah. They don't know that they're doing Satan's will, and they think, well, let me read on. The great deceiver hopes so to confuse the minds of men and women that none but his voice will be heard. Rather than God's voice, only his voice will be heard. So let's let's keep on going because it's rather interesting that uh, in the Prophets and Kings, page 35, here's what it says. Satan's work began in heaven by suggesting doubts, questions, and thoughts in such a subtle way that the unfallen angels were not aware that they were being led by him, by Satan. They were not aware. That's why he was able to get one-third. Let's go on. They uttered, watch this. This is absolutely unbelievable that you and I have the privilege of hearing what I'm reading from Patriarchs and Prophets, page 35, and God gave 
The spirit of prophecy in such a way that we can see things that we've never and never could see it otherwise. They uttered thoughts that originated with him, thinking they were their own. Angels in heaven in a perfect place, a perfect pastor, God Almighty, and Lucifer was able to make those holy angels, not sinful like we are, holy angels, think that they were their own thoughts. Wow! Talking about deception, and we think that we're better than the holy angels in heaven. Nothing's going to touch us. We're safe. Pardon? Oh, yes, we do. Let's continue. Let's continue. Without God, you're absolutely right. So the enemy is preparing for his last campaign against the church. That's another quote. He has so concealed himself from view that many can hardly believe that he exists. Are you sure? Let's read. Much less can he be convinced of his amazing activity and power. Let's let's read on. They have, to a great extent, forgotten his past record. You know, that's why we have to study. Study. And see what happened in heaven. That chart that you see down there. Listen, friends, we should look at it over and over again to remind us that in a perfect place, God in charge, Lucifer, in his mind, decided to go his way, and look what's happened. Third of the angels followed him. And if I may just add, did you know that before they were expelled, God spoke to all the angels, to all the angels, including Lucifer, present, and pleading, and one-third didn't believe God. Now, you try to make your mind conceive that. And fortunately, two-thirds believed God because they never did believe in Satan. Let's go on. They have, to a great extent, forgotten his past record, and when he makes another advance move, they will not recognize him as their enemy. That's what's happening in the world today. Let me tell you something, friends. If you think we're having problems in this world, we're told that you couldn't even imagine the problems we're going to be facing in the future. And we can see what's happening that will cause it. We can see it. Just that simple. Is there something you want to share with us? It's amazing what is happening in this world. In Christianity, and in other religions, in all churches. Let's read on. They will not recognize him as their enemy, that old serpent, but they will consider him a friend, one who is doing a good work. Boasting of their independence, they will, under his precious bewitching influence, obey the worst impulses of human heart, and yet believe that God is leading them. 
Friends, woe be if we find ourselves in that spot. And that's why we have situations where in this world people are willing to give their life to blow up people because they think they're doing God's work. Well, I tell you, friends, this is a serious thing. And if you think that you're free from it, if I think that I'm free from it, woe be. Only through the power of God. Amen. The only way. Amen. There's no question. So let's read on. Could their eyes be opened to distinguish their captain? They would see that they are not serving God, but the enemy of all righteousness. The enemy of all righteousness. They would see that their boasted independence is one of the heaviest fetters Satan can rivet on unbalanced minds. I tell you, friends, we better have balanced minds. Very balanced. Come, let us reason together. Otherwise, I'm sorry. I will not have any hope if my mind is unbalanced, except through the grace of God. So, God says through Jesus Christ the following. If the Son of Man, therefore, John 8, 36. If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. No other way. No other way. So there's the answer. The Son. He's the only one that can make the answer come to a reality. Do you know what Satan says? Come now. You don't need to be a slave to anyone. Do your own thing. Exercise your own mind. Be independent. Be one that can say whatever you want to say, whether it's right or wrong. So what? I can do it. I can do it. I tell you, friends, you know, Satan has a way. You know, God, by open confrontation, uses reason. Come, let us reason together. Satan, by keeping hidden, causes men to feel that he is doing his own thing and making his own decisions when, in fact, the opposite is the case. Satan soon learned that his plan had made it necessary for Jesus, God's son, to become a human being and pay the penalty for sin in man's place. If you think Satan didn't know that, he saw what's happened after 4,000 years, and then he began to realize for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God wants people to perish and God wants, Satan wants people to perish and God wants people to have eternal life. And to think that Satan soon learned that his plan had made it necessary for Jesus, God's son, to become a human being and pay the penalty for sin in man's place. The devil rejoiced in this fact. 
In fact, when Jesus was born, what was Satan's attack? Did Satan use some of his fallen angels? No. He took it upon himself to do what he wanted to do. A head-on attack. And you better know it. That's how serious life is. And the battle is for your mind. So the devil rejoiced in his fact. Watch it. However, he did not... Pardon me. However, he did have a problem. How would he now hold man in his power? All have fallen and have come short of the glory of God. Cause Satan. How could we hold it? How could he hold it? Therein lies Satan's best kept secret. Okay, do you want to know Satan's secret? I'm so happy that none of us have to depend on our own mind. The Bible and the Spirit of Prophecy gives us so many answers. Praise God is right. We can't. So, let's see what we have here. It's going to be interesting because at the very highest level, within the human mind of man, God placed his most precious gift to man. And you got it. Your will. Your willpower. Quoting Steps of Christ, page 14. This is the governing... Willie, you read Steps of Christ? This is the governing power in the nature of man, the power of decision or choice. It's all up to you. Whether you want to do it God's way or whether you want to do it Satan's way. In heaven, one-third of the angels chose to do it Satan's way. Two-thirds chose to do it God's way. They're still there. The others are here. And you know what the end result is going to be. Well, let me share with you another quotation, Messages to Young People, page 154. Because the kept secret is this. Quoting, This will that you and I have that forms so important a factor in the character of man was at the fall given into the control of Satan. And he has ever since been working in man to will and to do his own pleasure, but to the utter ruin and misery of man. So much like what God wanted. And here Satan says, no, oh, this is the way it's going to be. And we have the results of it. Unbelievable. So, let me share with you some other findings that I am amazed. It seems like Satan knows that God will not 
remove this control from him, from Satan. Uh, for God will never force our will, okay? God will not force your will. The Lord has just one plan to win us back to him. Win us back. Come, let us reason together. That's God's way. Because of his gift, that willpower that you have, his gift, giving Jesus to mankind, God can say the following, quote, yield yourself up to me. Give me that will. Take it from the control of Satan, and I will take possession of it. Then I can work in you to will and to do my good pleasure. End of quote. God does not force. And why is it that Satan forces? Because that's just the opposite of God. Why is it that we sometimes have a tendency to force? I know what it means to have four children. I know what it means to almost force my children to do what I think they should do. <laughs> Little thought comes to my mind as to how I try to force one of my sons. You remember the years when the boys grew long hair? We still have one down there. And he's showing me his long hair through that little. So my son grows his long hair. Now just watch what I did. All selfishness. I went in and said, Randy, I'll use his name. You are my son. I'm a minister. And look how you're behaving. Look with the long hair you've got. Come on. Did you notice everything for me? My selfishness? And you know what he said? Dad. Jesus had long hair. <laughs> and that's about what I did is I turned around and I said, you're right. I was judging him by the way he behaved, by what he grew. In fact, let me go a step further. At Loma Linda University, when he was associate uh, minister there, Elder Lovelace had Randy on the platform. And Randy just decided to grow a mustache and a beard. And he said, look. My associate is growing a beard. And you know what my son Randy said? I'm not growing it. God is growing it. <laughs> That's the way we were made. It grows. Yeah. We're the ones that are trying to trim it to make ourselves look better. And you can't improve on God, how God made you. You know what I mean? It's, it's one of those things that bring us back and I've learned a lot of things as I've 
had my own children, to realize that, hey, hey, come on, come on. We will always go wrong, pardon me, I will always go wrong if I become selfish and I judge and I demand and I make sure that I have control and the whole bit goes on and on and on. But when I humble myself and I say, Lord, you're in charge. Help me to portray the kind of a, that I'm being restored back to your image. It seems that things go better. And if not better, at least I understand that, hey, things could go worse and will go worse as time goes on. But, hey, let's, let's, let's do it God's way, not my way. Okay, let's, let's go on a little bit further. Uh, it's rather interesting that the tempter uh, can never expel us or compel us to do evil. Satan can ever force us to do evil. He cannot control minds unless they are yielded to his control. Okay? The will must consent. Faith must let go its hold upon Christ before Satan can exercise his power upon us. That's how powerful that gift is that God gave you, and that is in your mind to have the willpower. You know, you and I have a lot of questions in our minds. Especially to think that did God create Lucifer? Mm -hmm. He created him. But he created him with a power of choice. Right. Have you been created? Of course. It's a miracle that you're here. You have that power of choice. Use it rightly. Did you know there's a rather interesting uh, quote again? Satan is well aware that the weakest soul who abides in Christ is more than a match for the hosts of darkness and that should he reveal himself openly, he would be met and resisted. Right. Who? Wow. Right, the weakest person yeah. has that has that power. Unbelievable. And Satan tries to pervert our minds to the place where no, 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 no. In fact, page 38 of Desire of Ages, look what it says. None but Christ can fashion anew the character that has been ruined by sin. He came to expel the demons that had controlled the will. All of us have the demons that try to control our will. And God says, come, let us, let us reason together. Give me your will. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. That's God's plan. 
So there is no more a fact that we must understand clearly in regard to how Satan and his demons control the will. In fact, let's uh, look at Acts uh, of the Apostles, page 518. Listen very carefully. These are not my words. Those who would not fall prey to Satan's devices must guard well the avenues of the soul. They must avoid reading, seeing, or hearing that which will suggest impure thoughts. End of quote. That's powerful to me. Let me give you. I, I agree with that statement, one hundred percent. Let me let me give you one illustration, and it's an illustration, and you can fit it wherever you want it. My wife's father and mother. He lived until he was ninety-eight. She lived until she was ninety-six. Of all the years that I ever remembered them, whenever somebody, and Elaine, I want you to say amen, when you hear this, if it's right. Whenever somebody in the church would come and say, hey, do you know what's going on? Do you know that so-and-so is doing so-and-so? or this is being bickered around, what not, what would they do? Turn away, walk away. Otherwise, you're seeing, you're hearing, you're watching, you're getting your mind filled with stuff that you shouldn't. How do I get that power to turn around and walk God away? gave it to you, and you can exercise it, and the more you exercise it, the more you'll have the power to do it, and you just simply say, sorry, don't want to have anything to do with it. Otherwise, all you have to do is listen, hear, and before you know it, you're sucked into it, and you behave the same way like they are. I'm sorry. That's where it's at. That's where it's at. And I wish they were my words. This applies to me just as much as to everybody upon the face of this earth. Not only that, but 
have us think that we're doing God's will. Exactly. You, you, you said it right on. And this is what I read. Yeah, the Bible, Spirit of Prophecy says it clearly. Oh, I tell you, friends, this is a serious thing. That's why the greatest battle, the deadliest battle, is in your mind. So, let us take one more. And that is page 518, Acts 2 of the Apostles. I don't think I've read it completely. Those who would not fall a prey to Satan's devices must guard well. You're right, Mike, all the, all the senses. The avenues of the soul. They must avoid reading, seeing, or hearing that, will, that which will suggest impure thoughts. Exactly. So my point is, I can't even resist the devil without the sanctifying power by exactly. giving my will to God. I don't even have totally. what it takes totally. to totally. have any, totally. any victory. The victory is Jesus. Exactly. My, exactly. I want to follow Jesus, but I am unable without his sanctifying power in my life. But you have to. And you're right. When people use all my statements like that, they're true. They're absolutely true. I need to guard, but I can't. Yes, you but can. Jesus can. Yes, you can. When, when my heart is surrendered to him, that's the only point I... That's, that's true, and it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Thoughts of the amount of blessings, page 61, says this. It is through the will that sin retains its hold upon us. It's through the will. The surrender of the will is represented as plucking out the eye or cutting off the hand. Page 61. You know, I never realized what that used to mean in the Bible, plucking the eye out or so forth, whatever offends you. And here it tells me, it is through the will that sin retains its hold upon us. You will to sin. You will to listen. You will to see. You will to all these things. Of course we are. And Satan had a part in programming us. In the other church, I asked one person for the first time to preach. And he didn't only preach, he made a presentation on how Hollywood and everything else in the world is after our brain to function in such a way that we're doomed to be lost. And incidentally, if you want to know, this sermon I preached there last Sabbath. I didn't plan on having it here any more than I had it there. But when he preached that sermon, I immediately said, hold it. But what, what makes the difference? The willpower. Yeah. 
So I did a little research work and I found out information that says, that's great. When the will is in God's control, the five senses are reduced to reason and conscience rather than feelings. Well, I feel, I, I feel this way. I feel that you hurt me. I feel that you uh, said something wrong. I feel, I feel, I feel, I feel, I feel. Forget your feeling. Go by principle. And sometimes principle and feelings get tossed back and forth to where we're not sure whether we're coming or going. Exactly. I tell you, friends, that one church member, not a member, he's just visiting our church from another church, and he, wants, he likes our little homeland church very much. And I had the nerve to ask him to preach. First I asked his wife, does he ever preach? No, he hasn't, you know. And I said, would you mind if I asked him? She says, yeah. So I asked him, and sure enough, there he was. So when the willpower is so powerful, I want you to take one moment as we close, and that's this. If you really realize that that gift that God has given you, the will, in your mind, if you have never thought to take your will from Satan's control, enmity against God, that's the way we evidently have been born. Okay? So, our will is in Satan's control. Why not make a change right now? Is there a better place? Is there a better time? Doesn't matter how you feel. You have the power of choice to make a change. So just say loud with me to Satan. And you know that he is everywhere. Here it goes. This is what we're going to say. I am taking my will from your control and surrender it to Jesus. Are you doing it? Just because you're not in church, but behind the scenes down there, I want to make sure that you understand I'm, I'm talking to the voice behind you. You know, you, you, you thought I was talking to you. I'm sorry. You were judging me from the outside. Okay. So we have just done that. I am taking my will from your control and surrendering it to Jesus. Then say to Jesus, please take my will for I cannot keep it. Then Jesus says to you, Please take my will, for I cannot keep it, and believe it or not, that here's what happens. And I'm going to give this to you from Selected Messages, page 1, book 1, page 110. When you give your own will, your wisdom, and learn of Christ, you will find admittance 
into the kingdom of God. That's what's happened to you right now. You have admittance to the kingdom of God and don't ever allow Satan to confuse you and make you think that you haven't. This is a quote from Selected Messages, page 110. And the minute I've read this, Satan is here all kinds of ways trying to confuse you, make it so mysterious, and then we start arguing about it. Listen, you have admittance into the kingdom of God and make sure that your will is at the side of God and not Lucifer. You've taken it away from him. You've given it to Christ, to God. The Holy Spirit will lead you. And someday, when we go through such trouble that this never has been upon the face of this earth, God's people will need all the help and encouragement from each other. It's going to be rough. And if we can depend upon our own brothers and sisters within the family and within the family of God. But we also have Jesus and the Holy Spirit guiding us into all the truth and help us to remain faithful and true so that when that small cloud begins to come and blossoms into the coming of Christ, he will say to you, well done, that good and faithful and servant. And we will be able to say, Lo, this is our God. We have waited for him. Amen. And the trouble we'll be going through, believe me, we will be waiting for him. Mm-hmm. Because we wouldn't be able to stand it without our own lives being at stake. So this gives you a little idea, friends, of how God works and how Satan works. How many of you want to choose to believe how God works and work with God. Would you please stand as we pray? Our Heavenly Father, it's only through your power and to your sacrifice on Calvary's cross that our eyes are open to see what's going on behind the scenes in such a way that the greatest battle is truly in our own minds 